I actually quite like the British Bulldog. I'm going to joke about him. I don't think he would complain. Bring in the middle. Davy Boy Smith is dead. Oh, he's in the Hall of Fame now, though. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah, going this year. Oh, he died pretty early. He did. It was what? Ah. 2000s? Early 2000s? 2002? He was 39. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do we we want to talk about who's really dead in the world of wrestling? Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a segue. Uh... Yeah. That's the segue. Uh, Rip the Miz. Um, <laughs> does anyone have the Miz? Uh, yes. Yeah, someone does, yeah. I do. Oh, Joel. He's so- out with an ACL tear. Yeah, we'll start oh, with um, I wondered what he was uh, dying for. Yeah. Well, uh, no, it, 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 was, it was that match he actually tore his ACL. So, um, so in a way, did. it's kind of worked out <laughs> a little bit. Where it's like, well, yeah, bit. he injured himself during the match where he also got eaten by zombies at the end. So yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. But th- yeah, this uh, is grappling beads, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we we have a league we sometimes do, but as we always talk about first, there's other things going on in wrestling. But we can talk about the Miz first if you want to. That was a, a no. New that, story. that that was that was. Uh, hey, he hurt himself. It's the first major industry injury he's had which is crazy because he's been going at it for a very long time so yeah you never wish injury on someone but at the very least there may be a silver lining in that when he comes back he might be a bit fresher because miz has been stale for a long time in my opinion miz can be great but so yeah recently he's not been (laughs) no i think he's i think he's just sort of like uh i won't say autopilot but sort of just like eh I can see the Miz checking out soon yeah I mean he's got his reality show he's making money off of that so yeah um, and if it's anything like the Bellas they can just keep that going even after he stops being a wrestler so we'll see um, but yes what else is going on in the world of wrestling um, we've got our weekly Dark Side of the Ring report um, this week's episode was Nick Gage uh, have you watched this show? It was a fantastic episode. Um, it was very good. It was very hard to watch at some points. <laughs> yes. So obviously I've been watching these with my mum. Still watching um, them with your mum? Yep. She ha- genuinely she, was horrified. She she was horrified at the... Um, so not only did we watch the Nick Gage one, but we watched the uh, uh, second Bedwar episode. So it was like a oh. double whammy Ooh. of just... Oh boy! Of just of just misery and I had a double whammy also, of like, misery this afternoon as well because I actually watched the New Jack episode straight afterwards. Oh, was, uh, an afternoon of Nick Gage and New Jack. Yeah, uh, the Nick Gage episode is not as violent as I thought it was going to be. There was still um, some stuff in I, there that I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, the the light tube into oh, the stomach inside. accident. Uh, where he died for seven minutes and yeah. John Moxley is just like he died at the tournament of death and then he came back he's like it's, it's he just no the name death. it's not supposed to actually happen <laughs> no one is supposed um, to die but he did technically um, it, it further confirms that episode for like outside of the Nick Gage stuff like that episode further confirms that I just want John Moxley to talk about 
wrestling forever he's, and ever. He's a very charismatic speaker. Yeah, I could listen to him um, talk for a long time. Also, like, I assume a bevy of knowledge of just like weird shit, oh, like yeah. a Chris, like Chris Hero, not Chris Hero levels, but maybe Chris mm. Hero levels for like specific match and. Yeah. Moxley knows he's got some weird wrestling tastes. Renee Young has confirmed this. Some of the shit that he's made her watch, apparently. She's like, why are we watching this? I I bet he has a library full of backyard wrestling that hasn't surfaced since the early 2000s. Possibly, yeah. Um, But yeah, the the Nick Gage episode was fascinating, considering that I only came to know, like, I didn't know much of Nick Gage. I knew I've seen some of his matches, you know, and stuff like that, mm. and I knew he'd been in prison but I didn't know for how long he'd been in prison. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit as someone who kind of semi-prides themselves on their on their wrestling knowledge, like, I knew very little about Nick Gage because I very much just I boiled it down to, yeah, well, it's fucking backyard hardcore bullshit. It's not my it's not my thing. And I mean this All right, Jim Cornette. Yeah. Um, and I mean this this episode, if anything, did confirm to me even more that I'm like, this still is not my thing. I don't see the appeal of Deathmatch Wrestling. They explain it quite nicely, where they were like, Yeah, it it's still about, you know, the the connection that you make and the stories that you can tell with the violence. And I'm like, Yeah, that's great, but I still I just don't want to watch people doing that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I I think I'm slightly the opposite. I these I, I want to see the fuck ups more than I want to see the successfully play play yeah, out. I suppose I'm just like um, I just don't want to see people doing this to themselves. You know, for <laughs> like I watched as I say, I watched the New Jack one like straight afterwards. You know, with the with the news that we will get to in a in a bit about about New Jack's passing, um, and just like watching New Jack. <laughs> fucking stabbing a guy in a gym in front of 10 people and i'm like this is not worth it what the hell is wrong with you people i think that's just i think that's just a new jack problem i don't think that's well, even, even then problem. going into a field for the tournament of death in front of 200 people <laughs> and literally dying in front of them the way that John Moxley describes it where he's just like yeah it's just a fucking field yeah where just people just basically kill each other for the adulation yeah, of like bunch my of rednecks. Mom, I'm like, oh, my, right. my mom asked, like, why are they so dirty when they're coming out? And I'm like, it's because they've been wrestling all day and that's not their blood. It's literally the third match of the show. And yeah, there's about four it's... different people's blood on them. <laughs> and the mud from like that's stuck to them oh. whenever they've been thrown out the ring and stuff like that. Because there's no padding. Yeah. Um it's just grass and it you know it's dry. Um <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the, the the episode was fascinating. It's like a look in like it makes me more excited for their future episode when they actually do the Japanese deathmatch. Yeah, stuff. FMW, yeah. Um, um I'm hoping they've got like You have to have Mick, Mick Foley, Foley on that episode. He's I, I really hope they've got Mick Foley for it. He's he is that Western link that people would have to something like FMW. It's him and Terry Funk. That's all like, you've got. You've either you've got you've got to have one of the two. Yeah. And I don't think to, and I'm positive terry funk will not give a good interview i love listening to terry funk interviews though because i love his voice <laughs> i love his voice as well i talk but... really soft <laughs> like this <laughs> and let me tell you about the time that i fought mick foley in fmw <laughs> it's like oh he's such a was... soft-spoken man who just does horrible was... things to other people i was i was on my fifth retirement tour that year <laughs> yeah pretty and much and i was and i was hoping 
I was hoping to go out with a bang, but I didn't realize it was going to be that big of a bang. Uh-huh. And that's and that's when the Dark Side of the Ring logo comes yeah. up, and it's like <laughs> you got to wait for the next part. Ooh, intrigue. Um, intrigue. Um, yeah, the but the actual Nick Gage interviews. Um, He's an interesting guy to like, listen to. Yeah, he yes. Um, I don't personally like, agree with some of the stuff that he says and whatever. But his no, story is definitely an interesting one, and um, hearing him talk about like the David Arquette stuff was yeah. Oh, uh, he got stabbed in the neck, but then he went straight to the back. What pussy! I'm like, uh, <laughs> I mean, all right. <laughs> uh, like he is, like this is just some Hollywood bloke that's come through and like wants to redeem himself in the eyes of like fans yeah. that are now way too old to be them even be like clocking on that david arquette is wrestling in a gym i mean yeah like in I, front of people I, I may be colored by the fact that i unironically love david arquette i think he's a he, <laughs> he's a great guy he seems like such a cool dude he's got a, a documentary out called you can't kill david arquette which is all about his basically his the, the wrestling his return to wrestling and stuff and he just seems like such a cool guy who's just got a lot of money and does whatever the fuck he wants with it. Um, <laughs> so he's like, like getting into legitimate fights yeah, with. Just going to wrestle Nick a death Gage. match with Nick Gage. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was really really interesting. Um, and yeah, Nick Gage seems like a pretty interesting guy. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I I really I really like this episode a lot. Uh, you know, it's nice that they pepper in these like sort of like i don't want to say positive because a lot of it is about him going to jail he was in jail for like seven years but he's come out the he other side in- and he's he's doing his thing and it's like all and right you almost killed david arquette on the other side you it's like you, i guess if it makes you happy uh, you do you um but yeah, yeah. It, i don't know what the next episode's going to be um i, I, I think it is uh I knew what it was off the top of my head, and then you said that, and now I can't remember. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, uh, let me find uh, out I'll, for I'll you. I'll segue on over to, yeah, the other episode of Dark Souls oh, of the Ring I it, watched. Go on. It is the Collision in Korea. Oh, that's one of the ones I'm actually really looking forward to. So <laughs> um, That'll be... That'll be oh, they're going to uh, have fucking Eric Bischoff on it again, aren't they? I just realised. Absolutely. Realized. Oh, They'll have no. Eric Bischoff. The only person I bet they will not have... Is Ric Flair? Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh no! Wait, hang on. No, I don't think they'll have Ric Flair. No, I think Rick. I think Ric Flair is under a WWE contract yeah, in a probably. way that yeah. prevents him from. But hmm, will they oh. get Antonio Inoki? I don't know if he's. I don't think he's in a particularly good place health-wise recently because didn't he like everyone think he died a few months ago and he was like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I'm just in hospital. Well, that's right. I'm just in hospital. Yeah, he, re- he retired from politics in 2019. So yeah. I'm going to guess that he's... I, uh... I would love to have Inoki interviewed because he's literally just like crazy Japanese Vince. I, I, I yes. want to hear he's... what he has to say about things. His His whole thing in the 90s of like... It's gonna be a shoot, brother. Yeah, I it's love be MMA a shoot. all of a sudden, <laughs> and it's just like this doesn't work. Fuck like, you, Eugene not- Nagata. We've got <laughs> Mirko Krokop here to to batter you, <laughs> basically. <laughs> or if it ruins uh, his, our wrestler's his, credibility, it's yeah. a judo champion. Genuinely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched uh, the New Jack episode as well um, because New Jack passed away last week. 
Um, a complicated man, <laughs> to say the least. Yes. Uh, that seems uh, to be the, he... the headline that I see on most wrestling news sites where they're like, we remember New Jack and his complicated career. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. It seemed like he was in a better place towards the end of his life. Yeah, like um... he's, he's jovial as all hell in that Dark Side of the Ring episode I rewatched. He's he's happy with how he's living and, and what he's done and, and all of that. Um He seemed he seemed very self-aware of like his um his misgivings, if if you will. Yeah, he, um, he owns but, everything he did. Even the stuff where like yeah, I'd I'd forgotten so much of it until today, but when he had his rematch with Vic Grimes and he threw him off the balcony, he was like, Yeah, I was trying to kill him. I, yeah, I, of course I, he was. I fucked it up. He didn't die, but if I had my way, he he would have hit the floor. He'd be dead. And I'm like, you're just admitting we, to that. <laughs> on TV? And I think I think I think we would have a very different episode of uh, Dark Side of oh, the Ring. God, could you imagine? Um, Him stabbing like a 70 year old dude on an indie show. Oh my god! That miscommunication. Entire, that entire sequence is just the saddest. Yeah, it's just point of. Like it seemed like he was in a better place because he wasn't doing as much wrestling. Mm. Um, towards the latter half, you know, the the, the since like the, the, I think latter... the last incident they mentioned is like two thousand and four. Yeah, I think he was sort of just doing like appearances yeah. and interferences at different different events and stuff like that. I don't think he was actually getting actively yeah. involved because i think a lot of people just said fuck no i'm not wrestling new jack oh, it's one of the things they say in the in the show i think they asked Dilo brown where they're like do you think that promoters would see new jack as a liability and therefore they just wouldn't book him and he's like yeah probably it's like why would you want to book a guy who could very easily result in you having a lawsuit against you based on what he does on the show um, yeah so like, yeah i think he his just his, i think his popularity just kind of spotted out it because waned. of that he, he was you know he didn't update his shtick for like if he'd gone and if he'd gone a nick gauge way mm. of being wholesome rather than a legitimate sociopath <laughs> just getting seemingly worse and worse <laughs> um but he is a perfect like latter of the 80s early 90s wrestler where he he was not a good wrestler. <laughs> let's, well, let's just put that. He lent himself he, very well to the hardcore style because, yeah, he wasn't. Yes. he wasn't like a technically sound. But even, sort of so guy. I watched, a f- like, I watched a few of his matches, you know, from Smoky Mountain. Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, those matches are very run of the mill early nineties. But his promos, like, yes. I know they showed a lot of the promo, like some of the major major promos that he did mm. in. But he, but the other promos he did, like that, I saw like people were linking to. It's just like, no, this dude knew his way around a microphone. Like, oh, without a doubt, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew he knew the audience was rednecks. He yep. knew that he would legitimately get beaten up if not if he wasn't careful. And he does have um, Mustafa so, Saeed stood next to him, and you wouldn't want to pick a fight with him. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I don't think you would want to pick a fight with D'Lo Brown either. No. I genuinely um, forgot that D'Lo was part of that, and then he because it's so weird thinking that D'Lo Brown, yeah, was one of the gangsters with New Jack and Mustafa, and then he goes and on in '98 to be the goofy ass Eurocontinental champion in WWE, and it's just yeah. like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you can see like how Vince viewed, and now he's commentating you know, in TNA. 
bless him. No, he's coming to. I love yeah, Delo. Uh, Delo's fantastic. <laughs> Delo's great. Um, but the but New Jack, you know, like I think if he'd gone into if he if he'd seen if if he had the foresight and gone into an MVP sort of role, yeah, of like the mouthpiece for these younger guys. Oh that, yeah, he could definitely talk. Um, but I, you know, like he would never hit WWE because you couldn't trust him to stay on script. He would, he would last one promo and Vince would have him booted well, yeah, out. I can't remember. I think it was Jim Cornette that was like, let me explain to you why WWE wouldn't want him. I'm like, I don't think you need to explain. I think it's no, pretty obvious. Like, <laughs> like the, the fact that the, the news channel had to stick the fucking warning in the, in the bottom of like, Hey, these views don't represent Smoky Mountain wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, you know, his ECW run is legendary for yes. a reason. Uh, you know, despite the fuck ups. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was basically it, what I was going to say. Yeah, was that as much as he did do some real bad stuff that is definitely not worth celebrating. Um, I think, yeah, his, his work in Smoky Mountain, particularly his promos, um, that is like next level shit and it's it's stuff, in ECW it's, as well yeah they were they were great so at the so, very so, least people can look back on those and be like yeah he left a legacy even if he was pretty scummy in a lot of other ways yeah and you know like paul Heyman did his little obituary yeah on uh was talking, talking, talking smack? Smack. yeah um he does both doesn't he yeah does he do raw uh, talk oh actually no i don't watch them i'm not gonna pretend like i do um i know he does uh, anyway, he does smackdown he, and everyone links them on reddit so yeah uh he's his his little like it's it's nice that wwe gave him the time to speak about new jack because it's like hey wwe own a majority of the footage that new jack well yeah exists in like they own all smoky mountain wrestling don't they all the footage i'd imagine so yeah, wouldn't surprise um, me. Either they own all of ECW. Yeah, and they own all of ECW. So, yeah, like it's a big old you chunk know, of New Jack's career. He's never he's he is never going to hit the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely not. But you know, he's a very important figure within wrestling. As as much as like like we said, like as much as all the bad stuff he's done in the past, you know, trying to attempted murder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the whole mass transit incident. Done. Yeah, like God knows what he's done privately. Like but oh, yeah. you know he came from like that Dark Side of the Ring interview where he's like, yeah, my family was fucked. Like um so I, you know mm. but he, you know, I, someone posted a story of like um, uh, someone in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. I can't remember who it was. Uh, one of the wrestlers had uh, gimmicks where it was uh, it would sell Confederate flags. Oh yeah. Um, and there was one time that uh, New Jack basically uh started stomping on them and tearing them up in front of the audience yeah. obviously hicks and rednecks and racists and <laughs> don't tread who, on me yeah i'm trying try, no i'm trying to remember the name now <laughs> um, uh so everyone says he's a really nice guy oh shit i'm go this is gonna bug me anyway um the Oh, this is really going to bug me. 
Because I remember. I, I, I like. Uh, well, how about I go to some other stuff and you can look it up, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, New Jack, complicated band, but did some good stuff in those middle to late nineties. <laughs> That's my yes. verdict. Uh, Tracy, Tracy Smothers. Oh, Tracy Smothers also passed away last year. Very sad. Yeah. Very sad, but he used to, you know, sell Confederate flags mm. out the back of his truck because he knew that they would sell. Not surprised. Uh, but when, <laughs> but New Jack would ask him before the show, "Hey, can I, you know, have a few? I'm going to shove them down my pants and, you know, <laughs> ruin them." And he was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, I've got hundreds of them. Get that got, heat. You know, get that heat." Um, but then Tracy's mother started just giving to giving them to him before every show, regardless. Yeah. Because every time New Jack did it, he would sell out. <laughs> so Tracy's mother's was just yeah. like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, I, I'm making shit tons of money. Go stomp on these flags. Yeah, mutually beneficial. Set them on fire. Yeah. You know, use them for a cigarette. Or whatever you're doing this week. Man. Um, yeah. Uh, New Jack. Yes. Eh? New Jack. Yeah. Uh, there, there is there is stories that you know all the major stories have been told, but like I I, I genuinely appreciate what he did for wrestling. Mm. You know, hey, being a major portion of a down south wrestling promotion during the eighties and nineties. Yeah. When you want to talk about like, because everyone makes the comparison where it's like, well. WWE stole from ECW for the Attitude Era. And even before then, New Jack was doing this sort of stuff in 95, which is like, yeah, yeah you look at what WWE was doing in 95, that was like Shawn Michaels versus Diesel and all that kind of thing. And even ECW, it was like starting to find its edge, but not massively. Um, yeah, because it wasn't before until... ECW kind of innovated in that way. Yeah, because it's at that point, I think it was like still like uh, Shane Douglas and oh, yeah, like baby face Tommy Ooh, Dreamer Shane uh, <laughs> you know when it was Eastern Championship yeah, Wrestling that. but yeah uh, before before Paul Heyman weaseled his way into exactly. owning it <laughs> uh, but yeah very quickly we'll go through what else is going on uh, I'll, I'll try and speed things up for, for timing purposes um, apparently the elite have real life heat according to the news sites um, stopping a major signing from coming over because they don't want to be privy to all the infighting between Cody and the Bucks and Omega. Um, oh boy! Which apparently, which the Young Bucks seem to be having fun with anyway, because they seem to change their Twitter bio every couple of hours based on what the, the current wrestling news story is. Um, but yeah, they changed it, being like, Haha, "We're not on speaking terms" and, and stuff like that. So I don't know how much stock to put in it, really. Um, my, if I were to guess, I'm obviously I'm not backstage at. Uh, AEW shows or anything um i'd imagine it's probably a split between cody and the rest of them just because kenny and the bucks yeah. seem like best of friends um and yeah cody's probably very business-minded um from what i've seen yeah and this isn't my hatred yeah. of cody speaking <laughs> something entirely different no, it, um, it, this was the, i think this was the consensus online was just like yeah it seems like cody might have different ideas well you know it's how they the just, rest of them they've like hardly ever interacted on AEW TV. <laughs> cody's been entirely separate from the rest of the elite so it's just like yeah it wouldn't surprise and, me and, and, and like we said like hey segments of this show feel like completely different shows at certain points yes uh, we said the group chat Speaking where it's of, just like <laughs> yeah we've had we had cody's 
shite patriotism. I'm having a baby promo. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't make it all the way through. Um, oh. It made me cringe so bad. Yeah, he did tell me about his terrible. I'm having a biracial baby. Look how not racist I am. Kinda, yeah. That was some of it. Some of it also was. Oh, Anthony Agogo's English. And we're going to be having a, a match on Memorial Day, so I'm going to make this about England versus America. Um, although, bless him, Anthony Agogo has been trying on Twitter to make it about this as well. Uh, nothing about his character really before then on TV really outlined that he was like, I hate America, other than the fact that he came out with a Union Jack and like laid it on people every now and then. Um, but on Twitter, he's now been like, I hate American food and oh, this country. And people are basically just being like, there's there's far worse things about America that you could be taking a pot at um, yeah. than, than their uh, food. But nice I think, try, I think, he, I think he started going down that route where he was just like, hey, it's weird that you all pledge allegiance to a flag that you don't know what crimes it commits. I'd love that. Uh, genuinely, um, I said it in the group chat before. I was like, if you're making this about a patriotism thing, I mean, I already wanted Anthony Agogo to, to beat yeah. Cody Rhodes pretty handily anyway. But if you're making this about a patriotism thing, where you're going to be like, America's so much better than England. I'm like, you're just you're just making me root for a go-go even more. We've got plenty of Anthony, ammunition against America, trust me. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Agogo at 10.33pm May 17th, 2021 on Twitter. Being forced to pledge allegiance to a flag when you're a child and you don't even know the atrocities that the country whose flag it is does? No, I'm not a fan of that. It's brainwashing, propaganda in its truest form. Which is just like... Cody's promo through and through. <laughs> I'm I'm becoming a big fan of a go-go. Uh specifically over this past week I have. Um, because he's I mean, he was, as I said in the group chat, he he commentated on Dark for a while and showed a lot of personality there. Um now he's become part of QT Marshall's group where he's kind of like their he's their their ace, basically. He's their main guy, even though QT's like the head of the faction. Um, kind of like you'd have MVP in the hurt business with Bobby Lashley as the ace. Um, it's, it's kind of a similar thing with a go-go. Um, I love his promo style. He did an interview on their YouTube channel um, where it was really funny, um, but like still kind of a badass. Um, and also they released his theme song this week, which is genuinely already one of my favorite AEW theme songs. It's basically a riff off the Peaky Blinders theme and it's really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of a go-go right now. And I hope that Cody doesn't just eat him for lunch, uh, double or nothing, but America, so it's probably going to happen. Um, what the else? Stupidest thing. Yeah. Um, Orange Cassidy and Pac. That was a bit weird on Dynamite as well. Um, basically, this was a very big addition of Dynamite because um, Dynamite is not in its usual time slot for the next two weeks before the pay per view. So they kind of crammed this Dynamite full of stuff where it's like, if you're not going to watch the next two weeks, at least you can know what's going to be on the pay-per-view. So you buy that. Um, and yeah, that involved <laughs> deciding the number one contender for, for Kenny Omega's world title, um, which ended up being both Orange Cassidy and Pac. Um, after Orange Cassidy get, got legitimately injured in the match, seemingly knocked a bit loopy, and they kind of had to come up with a finish on the fly. Um, now, the surprising part, for me about this is that apparently the result was the still the exact same as what they wanted to do in the pack for pack and uh, orange cassie was supposed to go to a time limit draw um yeah whereas instead it was it was framed as like a double neither man can answer the count of 10 they can't get up because kenny attacked pack and 
uh, Cassidy was legitimately injured. So both men got counted out, and that led to both of them heading to double or nothing. So, yeah, quick thinking on AEW's part for being able to hotshot that angle to make sure they get the result they wanted, even though it seemed like a result that they didn't want. Apparently it was, and they still managed to get it. So they're one the you know every time uh, did you say it a couple weeks ago or last week every time aw tried to do something big something massive fucks up it's it's always on the production side usually yeah uh, whether it's the exploding barbed wire death match or the, the the blood and guts finish um yeah um it's a shit just seems to i guess like any company really i don't know why it seems to to be highlighted so much for me and for a lot of the wrestling audience for aew but it's just like there are just certain things that just never seem to go right for AEW. And I feel really bad because the rest of the show is so good, in my opinion. But there's just always these little things that just go wrong that prevent it from being like perfect. Um, mm, mm. Speaking of something that was pretty much perfect until the very end, kind of, um, was also the split up of SCU. Um, Young Bucks faced off against SCU on Dynamite um, with SCU having the pre-set kind of mandate that they gave a few months ago where next time we lose we're done as a tag team um so it was very much a case where it was like well i guess this is the night scu split up because the bucks aren't losing the belts um but it was a incredible match um one of my favorite matches of the year probably i would say um which yeah led to the very emotional finish with daniels getting busted up to fuck um have you seen his eye since the match no so he had a big he had a big lumpy eye after the match because he very much hit his head on the corner post. Um, and there's been a, a, another picture that's come out a few days afterwards where his eye is basically just entirely red because uh, he's burst a blood vessel in his eye. Um, oh, and no, gross. I don't like been that there. at all. I don't you know, like... You've had a red how did eye you before? Do it? I've, I've burst blood vessels in my eye before when me and Ollie were first dating. Oh, goodness. Because uh, he asked me if I had pink eye. Oh, that's more than pink, I would um, I I sneezed. Oh God! Oh, I was gonna say, did you fart really bad? Oh, was no. it a bad Sneezed. poo? But no, sometimes it's terrifying. Some sometimes people do it uh, by vomiting. Oh. There was a guy I worked with who came to work one day because, and he was so hungover that he was throwing up so violently that he burst blood vessels in both his Holy. eyes. Oh my God! Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fart. Yeah, no. it, was, it was really gross. There's um, vomit calmly. <laughs> yeah, I I just sneeze really hard and I burst a blood vessel. Jesus, that's that's genuinely <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> sneeze really hard, banged your head. Oh, Oof, I gave done. myself a black eye once um, when I worked in a bar <laughs> because um, it I uncorked something. Yeah. The cork didn't hit me in the eye. It hit something above me and then ricocheted off that and hit me on the back of the head. <laughs> oh. And then I smashed my head forward oh. on a on a pint um oh. you know, the handle. Jesus. Oh, I smacked God. myself in the eye with that. So the cork ah. hit me in the back of the head and I and I headbutted the thing right in my eye socket. Uh, and I had a black eye. eye. Yeah, I think I'm just um I'm that weird kind of clumsy <laughs> where I'm so fucking um so much of a liability that i managed to injure myself in such strange ways that it's a miracle <laughs> that i don't actually you know thoroughly endanger myself well your body's just adapted to it yeah i'm just a bumbling idiot <laughs> but genuinely i don't know how i get through life ollie doesn't give me sympathy when i hurt myself he just goes oh, for fuck's sake what again. have you done literally it's always what is it now it's not, oh, are you man. all right, love of my life? It's, oh, what is it now? Yeah, when my mum comes <laughs> to my dad with a, a new injury, he just says, add it to the list. 
<laughs> he, he laughed at me the other day because I was like, I'm thinking of starting like an accident logbook for myself. <laughs> and he thought I meant to like look at how many times I hurt myself, but yeah. genuinely it's more because like so often I'll be like, where the fuck has this bruise come from? Ah. Because I hurt myself and walk into stuff that often that I don't know which one's which and I like to know. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. So yeah. Um rounding off. But yeah. Go on. Uh, so that so that is that is uh, here, General Christopher Daniels, yes. probably out for a week or two. Well, yeah, uh, until his eyes better. I prefaced it by saying that it was pretty much perfect until the end. A lot of people had um, misgivings with how they handled the breakup because the match ended on screw finish, and it was like, oh my god, SCU are breaking up, and then they gave them like ten seconds to hug in the ring and then cut to something else. I personally was just like, oh, they'll probably have like a they'll make a proper deal out of it later on, like in a different episode, maybe. Um, whereas people were like, oh, that's it. They just split up this team that won the first, they were the first tag team title winners and and that's it. That's all they're getting. I'm like, I thought there's going to be more later down the line. Maybe there will, maybe there won't. But yeah, some people weren't happy with how the whole thing ended, but it was a, it was a great match is what I'll say. Um, also, very quickly, um, what, what else has been going on? Impact had their under siege pay per view. Um, very little happened other than Moose is now the number one contender. So we're going to be getting Moose versus Omega against all odds, which I'm sure is going to be really good. Um, mm. New Japan are set to resume their shows on the 22nd after having a brief mm-hmm. hiatus for their Road 2 shows because of all the COVIDness going on over there. So uh, good to hear that things are picking back up for them. Um, NXT particularly had a, a good episode, in my opinion. Um, they debuted Swerve's new faction of Hit Row, um, him and his his squad, basically, um, which was super cool. Um, and both title matches on the show, Mercedes Martinez versus Raquel G- Gonzalez and Kushida versus Santos Escobar were both very, very good. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really enjoying NXT post-Wednesday Night War. It's a it's a shame that their viewership has dropped even further than when they were on Wednesdays. Um, now they're on Tuesdays because they're actually producing really good TV right now. Um, I think that might just be uh, the change, probably. Yeah, the change, but also like, uh, hey, Raw, NXT, AW. There's, liter- there's literally a wrestling show on every weekday. Yeah, Raw so on Mondays, you know, I get... NXT on Tuesdays, AEW on Wednesdays, Impact on Thursdays, can... and SmackDown on Fridays. It's like goddamn. I can, I can see a majority of like Raw watchers going like, "Well, I'm not going to fucking watch NXT. I'm going to go watch AEW because uh, Chris Jericho might be on it." <laughs> Which is ridiculous to me that people would dedicate three hours of their life to watching fucking Raw, but you won't <laughs> you won't watch NXT. Which is, yeah, mental. I, I don't understand it. Um, and the very last story, a very quick one being uh, Zelina Vega may be coming back to WWE, it seems, as she was cited going back into the Performance Center with The Rock's daughter, of all people. So who knows what's going on there? Ooh. Simone Johnson. Maybe she's going to manage her or something. I don't know. Um, but that'd, yeah. be, that'd be a nice, like, if Triple H comes through. It'll be interesting to see what she does with her OnlyFans and all of her other endeavors. Um, she was one of the people really beating the drum of a wrestler's union as well when she left. So if she's coming back, it'll <laughs> be interesting to see what her stance is on that. Um, uh, yeah. I no longer believe in the union. Pretty much. <laughs> Could be. Um, but yeah, forget about all the rest of that, because obviously the only thing that matters is the Grappling Beans Fantasy Wrestling League. 
Um, Hell yeah, it does, because oh, things are changing, Jacob. Been, things are changing. It's been a week. Let's just say that. It's been a heck of a week. Um, You're all on notice, as WWE would say. Yes. Um, oh, I should have I should have segued by using the WWE traditional phrase, switching gears now. Um, <laughs> we're going to move, move on to the lead. Um, so last time we spoke, um, we had Raw from last week because we were filming on a, a, a filming, recording on a bit of an odd schedule. Um, so we've got SmackDown from before the pay-per-view. We've got the pay-per-view itself and the following Raw, which was yesterday on the day that we were recording. Um, trades were made prior to SmackDown. Um, the Norks mm-hmm. saw a big restructuring on my end. Um, <laughs> I I introduced the new Norks, who were Dominic, Tamina, and Jey Uso. They were brought into the fold. Um, and also a last-minute Nork change, which I didn't tell you guys about, um, but I didn't actually see any benefit from it this week. I was hoping I could sneak it in and then be like, look at these secret points I got. Um, I've kicked out Ivar of the Viking Raiders, and I've taken on big match Jinder Mahal. Um, <laughs> picked, him, picked him up amid the news of him reportedly getting some kind of summer push. Um, so I was like, uh, I'll take a chance on Jinder. Ivar's not got me points in about a month. So... Oh, and then and he wasn't on Raw this week, so that was good. Uh, maybe he's going to be my new Dolph Ziggler. Um, Ivar was on Raw. Was he actually? Did he do anything? He he was he was one of the lumberjacks. Okay, well he he's not going to get points for that, is he? I think there are points there for, points for being a lumberjack. I mean, I've, I've, got, the, I've got the, the raw results here. Uh, Ivar got no points. Oh, oh, no, he didn't. Yeah, that's fine. No, um, there's no points. So yeah, SmackDown. The, the go home SmackDown before uh, Backlash will very quickly go through because obviously Backlash is kind of the main thing we're going to be wanting to talk about. Um, four matches with wins for Cesaro, Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio, and the new women's tag team champions, Natalia and Tamina. Oh, Hell yeah. boy, the Tamina train. <laughs> the Tamina is now, I think, the one of the top um, yes. earners of so, all time uh, this season. So for this season, um, she's number one. You're absolutely right. Um, Damien Priest, Damien Priest is second. Tamina is number one, which beating out other Samoan Roman Reigns. Good God, we live in a world where Tamina is the number one points earner and also the number one points earner for this week as well. Um, yeah, getting a hefty sixty points on SmackDown for winning the the tag championships. So I felt very very smug about the fact that i picked her literally like a day beforehand. Um, I didn't even know they were having a women's tag match on SmackDown that week. So naturally, when I started watching it, it was like, oh, shit, there's a women's tag match. They could win the belts. And I'm like, oh, nice. And then she ended up fucking winning. So Tamina's a champ. Um, so first championship. Yes. A very nice statistic I saw on Reddit. Um, 4,007 days after her debut, she's won her first title. Um, four, over 4,000 <laughs> days she's been with WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and she's finally got her first championship, bless her. 3,999 days too many. Oh, yeah, exactly. She should, yeah, on her debut, should have got it. Um, when are we going to stop unironically supporting Tamina? I know, right? I think, right, it's, I I like, think it's. I think the tide's turning a little bit. I feel like we we all ironically support her, but I feel like at soon we're just all going to be sitting there for Mania next oh, yeah. year wearing matching Tamina t shirts. Go on, I'll have my trophy. <laughs> Oh, fucking God, Tamina, you can beat Rhea Ripley for the title. We're all chanting nobody's Mina in sync. <laughs> Tamina. <laughs> yeah. Her dad killed a woman. Justice <laughs> for 
Termina. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got we got Natalia and Tamina or Natamina as our tag champs now. Um, specifically for the winners on SmackDown, that meant points for Joel and myself, thanks to Cesaro mm-hmm. and Tamina winning their matches. Um, with yeah, Tamina getting sixty and forty-one points for Cesaro for winning his match and everything else he was doing on the show. Um, other bonuses were mainly allocated to the people involved in the Intercontinental title angle, um, which weirdly enough wasn't booked for the pay-per-view. It was booked for the SmackDown after the pay-per-view. So we're going to be having a fatal four-way match um, this Friday for the Intercontinental title um, with Cruz, Owens, Zayn, and Big E. Um, so yeah, that was mainly where the bonus points went. Um, and also Reginald. Reginald got a surprising amount of points. He got 15 points. <laughs> For oh. ma- mainly for being ejected from ringside, which I don't feel like you should really get points for, but hey, there you go. You got 10 points for being ejected from ringside. Um, headlines for SmackDown, we've already kind of covered most of it with the tag champs and the IC title match being set up for Friday. Um, also, there seems to be a weird king feud being developed between Nakamura and Corbin about who is the better king. Um, uh, Nakamura stole Corbin's crown. Uh, this is the, the this is the second feud. Well, no, it's the I guess it is the other feud revolving around stealing items of clothing. Yeah, yeah. As Ricochet's current feud with Sheamus is all about Steals, stealing his stealing hat his and coats. <laughs> There's a there's a problem at WWE backstage right now. Everyone's stealing each other's clothes. Um, <laughs> And yeah, everything else is pretty much followed up on on Backlash. Um, but before we get to Backlash, the points for SmackDown were 18 apiece for both Ollie and Lauren, uh, 50 points for Joel, and 94 points for me. Um, so getting to Backlash, we'll go through Backlash in a little bit more detail. Um, so on the pre-show, we had Sheamus beating Ricochet in a US title open challenge. Um, I believe Sheamus is, is yours, Joel. Is that right? Or is it, or is it uh, Ollie's? I think Seamus belongs to Ollie. Oh, he does, doesn't he? He does. He does. He's the top earner on the on the Lonely Hearts Club band. Um, we had Rhea Ripley um, retaining the title against Asuka and uh, Charlotte um, in what was a pretty good match with a kind of confusing finish. Um, I don't know if you, either of you guys have watched any of these matches. Actually, I should have asked that. <laughs> but, uh, did you guys, either of you guys see the pay-per-view? Ollie did. Um, I just saw the results because I was fair. working. Don't blame you. Uh, I watched some of it. Um, yeah, basically, the, the finish for this involved um, Asuka eating Rhea Ripley's finisher after Charlotte kicked her in the face from the apron. Um, many people were confused as to why Charlotte didn't just get in the ring and break the pin up, but she kind of fell off the apron at the same time, but it wasn't caught on camera. So it just looked like it just looked like Charlotte kicked Asuka back into the ring and let Ripley win, um, which was a bit weird. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was a pretty good match. Um, we'll we'll see where the title feud goes um, when we get to Raw. Um, one of the big stories also being the Mysterios winning the tag team titles from Rude and Ziggler. I'm glad I stuck mm. to my guns and didn't go back to Dolph. <laughs> um, that meant, yeah, another 50 points for me for having Dominic Mysterio on my side. Uh, feeding into my theory also that they are literally picking up the belts to drop them to the Usos, as and when Jimmy falls in line. Uh, I also have Jey Uso ready to go and get those points whenever they beat the Mysterios for those titles. Um, 
was a pretty long match, uh, longer than I thought it was going to be because it was mainly Ray being the underdog getting worked over and then uh, Dominic coming in at the end. Which is such a weird dynamic to have. Like, yeah, sure, Ray is a good underdog. That's pretty much been his character for a lot of the time, but he was, for for a fair portion of the match, he was pretty handily beating both Rude and Ziggler. Um, So, yeah, the the story beforehand, which probably say, was that Dominic got taken out before the match, so he wasn't there for a lot of it. Um, And then he he heroically came out um, later in the match and they managed to win, even though Dominic was injured. Um, Didn't. Yeah. The... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i say this but he's younger than both of us and he's doing incredible things in that ring it's, considering that yeah so he's been he, he's te- like he's now been in the ring about the same length of time as like braun Strowman was in the ring when he was he in his first run with yeah, the wyatt family the family and like think about back when braun Strowman first started versus where dominic mysterio is now yeah He's he's totally fine as a wrestler. I I he's completely inoffensive in in my eyes. He will. I I think he will get better and better as t- time goes on. Probably will. It's it's weird when yeah you know that you watched the ladder match where they were fighting for his custody and he was just a tiny <laughs> tiny kid in the crowd, um, and now he's a, he's a full grown boy winning tag team championships with his dad. He's um, he's a real boy which now. Was a, yeah, it's a nice moment. It's the first, the first ever father and son tag team champions, and it was it was a cute little thing. Um, You're the real boy now, Damien. Yeah. Um, speaking of Damien, <laughs> um, Dominic. Yes, sorry. Um, we get to the Damien Priest match. Uh, Damien Priest versus the Miz in a lumberjack match featuring lumberjack zombies from Batista's Army of the Dead. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't aware of this Army of the Dead movie until the pay-per-view started and the promo package before the show was half builds to the pay-per-view and half shots from this movie with Batista being like, basically saying vague statements that apply to both the movie and this pay-per-view. Being like, you've got to fight harder than you've ever had to fight before. And it's like, yeah, I guess you would have to do that on a wrestling show and in a zombie apocalypse. Um so yeah i was like oh that's very heavy advertising um and then apparently batista tweeted out before the show being like sorry i can't make it to backlash but some of my friends will be there and everyone was like oh oh oh, no oh no there's gonna be zombies and sure enough there were zombies (sighs) as lumberjacks um it was a fine match (laughs) i guess the match itself was okay, but yeah, it's just I I well Batista tweeted something along the lines of like, um, why are you tweeting at me about this booking? Yeah. I'm on a fucking plane. He's like, you're all moaning at me like I personally made this happen. He's like, I was just endorsing it because I'm in this movie. <laughs> Go tweet Vince. Yeah. Um the match itself, yeah, was 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 pretty okay. There were some funny spots with you know John Morrison parkouring around zombies and shit. Um it's just a real weird juxtaposition when you go from John Morrison discovering zombies in the Lumberjack locker room before the match to then the super serious Roman Reigns family drama storyline. And it's just like <laughs> you're literally on two different ends of the spectrum on this show. Um yeah, it was fun. I'm all for hokey shit in wrestling. I'm not like a you know a stickler really um, over that kind of thing. But it was just it was just very very weird and completely out of left field because 
they didn't build to this at all. It just happened on the night. Um, so yeah, uh, my favorite bit though, and, and for some reason that was the bit, the bit that kind of broke me, that just made me kind of break down into, into, I don't know, delirious laughter was the match was over. Miz was getting covered by zombies and getting eaten. Um, so what does Damien Priest do? He stands on the ramp, shoots his little arrow at the screen above the ring, and then the Army of the Dead logo comes up. And it was just like the perfect little like <laughs> ding advertising moment. Oh, and for some reason, that, that moment just absolutely killed me. It, just, it was like just I... the cherry on the shit Sunday. <laughs> oh, God. Like, and, and to think last week, some WWE executives said that the, uh, AEW set the business yeah. back 30 years. That's, that's the, one of the hilarious things, yeah. Blood and Guts sets the business back 30 years. But what do, what do the people really want? They want zombies. They want they zombies. Want Zack Snyder's zombies. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And apparently, based on this whole Miz feud, apparently Dam- all Damien Priest is good for is just advertising different shit, whether it's Bad Bunny or whether it's his zombie movie. Um, apparently, yeah, Damon Priest, he lives to advertise. So um, that's, that's, his, that's his MO. That's what he does. I'm hoping he he's the next guy for Sheamus and the US title feud. We'll see, I, I guess. Think, uh, Especially I, now that I the Miz is tr- out and injured. He's obviously not going to be continuing that feud. So he needs something for John Morrison to do, I guess. I think he's honestly close to turning babyface. Because he's been like entertaining, yeah. and they were they were kind of teasing dissension between the two of them, uh, between Miz and Morrison before in the past couple of weeks, uh, with Miz being the very obvious heel and Johnny kind of being a bit of a still a heel but a bit of a lovable goofball. So it's kind mm. of like I think he could he could very easily turn face in the next few weeks, especially with Miz being off TV now. Um. We had Bianca Belair uh, retaining her women's title against Bailey in a pretty good match. Nothing particularly remarkable about it. Um, the finish was kind of creative with Bailey getting tied up in Bianca's hair as part of a roll-up. Um, was a bit messy, but I liked the idea behind it. It was pretty good, and hopefully this feud continues because Bailey's a great first challenger for Bianca, and she's going to make Bianca look great, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Bobby Lashley retained his WWE title against Strowman and McIntyre in what was absolutely my favorite match of the night. Just three big lads just bumping into each other <laughs> all over Nothing the Thunderdome. Genuinely, like to, to borrow a phrase from the Attitude Era podcast, I, I think they used this phrase when they described Vader versus Bradshaw. Um, it was literally cars fighting bins. It, just just bumping into each other two round well two big rectangular square objects just just bumping into each other all over the thunderdome oh, it was it was chaos it was yeah i i loved it um was the right result if they are going with bobby lashley then i'm fine with him retaining and uh braun being the one to take the fall um seems like bobby's going on to very different things um judging by what raw showed us last night um, with Drew being taken out of the title picture and potentially, yeah, being put in this feud with maybe Jinder Mahal over the summer is what people seem to be rumoring. Um, but yeah, if you're going to watch one show, one match from this show, um, I would thoroughly recommend the WWE title match, which is probably not what I would have said going into it. Um, but yeah, really, really ended up enjoying it. Um, and the final match being Roman Reigns obviously retaining against Cesaro in what was also a very good match. 
they're both very good wrestlers roman reigns and cesaro um it turns out yeah they can tell a good story and this roman reigns storyline is still the best thing going on wwe tv so yeah um it all worked out in the end yeah bonuses also were pretty sparse until the very end of the show um with the big bonus points going to seth rollins of all people um because he beat up cesaro after the show with many chair shots and use of the stairs so he earned a fair amount of points for me even without wrestling on the show which was lovely um so points for backlash um were 79 for lauren um 80 for ollie 106 for me and 128 for joel um which mm-hmm. basically put me in first place at the time um and then i think it was lauren just about ahead of joel um yeah it was like four or five points in it yeah um so very close um and i was very ready to come on this podcast and be smug as shit about (laughs) about being first place again after dropping to third the week before um but then raw happened so let's go through raw as well um nine matches on raw it's getting worse. I complain every week about how there's eight matches every Raw and none of them mean anything. There was nine this week. I just, I just don't get it. Um, but it led to wins for, and I'm going to run through them very quickly, Styles, Gaza, Tozawa, Natamina, Sheamus, Asuka, Damian, and the man of the hour, Kofi Kingston, who got two wins specifically, um, sporing, sporing, scoring 53 points um, in total for beating both randy and bobby in the same night what the hell is this that's zesty that is a zesty amount of points for joel yeah and i i love kofi kingston i'm very happy that this is happening i'm just confused as to where it's coming from did they just suddenly realize that they don't have a baby face for bobby lashley to fight and they were like absolutely kofi kingston (laughs) they absolutely have realized like Jesus, who do, who do we get for them to cheer? Because like, if like not we, Drew, yeah, like we say, literally earlier on the show, he was also fighting Randy Orton as part of this whole RK Bro New Day, Elias and Riker and um fucking whoever the tag team champions are, AJ and Omos storyline. Um, <laughs> they were in the tag feud until literally later that night. Kofi just comes out and yeah, just beats the WWE champion. It's like what? Just be- just just yeah yeah like i'm happy about it i love kofi and i mean i i've detailed on this podcast before about how mad i was when he lost the wwe title to brock um Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm all for kofi getting a spotlight um it's just a bit out of nowhere but fair one is as is most like and also the yearly tradition of the kofi versus randy orson match (laughs) took place so the world can keep turning for yet another year um Um, yeah i presume because it's hell in a cell is the next pay-per-view i presume they'll be facing off in just a normal old match and the cell will be reserved for something else um but yeah kofi versus bobby should be pretty good on the pay-per-view i'd imagine um also on raw uh, looks like Alexa Bliss may be looking to challenge for the tag titles. Um, as she creeped out the new tag team champions, Tamina and Natalia, with her doll, Lily. Um, who is Alexa's partner going to be? Is it going to be the doll itself? Is it going to be Nikki Cross as I hope not. the the doll person? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that this Alexa Bliss shit is is. Yeah, really hasn't Nikki Cross spoken out about how shit it's 
WWE have been using her lately. It wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, she doesn't seem to be crazy anymore, for one. So it doesn't really seem like she's got much of a character. And she's basically just got like a Shania Twain song as her theme song now. Oh. Uh, it, it, she's just like the most bland, I'm a, I'm a lady on this roster. And I'm not even on the show half the time. So it wouldn't surprise me if she was annoyed. Um, this would give her something to do. And, you know, she is, she's, she's all right at the end of the day. I'm not the biggest Nikki Cross fan, but I would be I happy for like her, her in this position. She was a lumberjill. I'm sure she was. Um, uh, on the, no, on Raw, she was, she was in the, she was in the, one of the lumberjills. What match was in the, this? In, in the Damien Priests uh, versus John, uh, John, Johnny, know, John Morrison. I didn't know they had. Uh, they, had they, they had just Nikki Cross because, haha, she's crazy. Oh, okay. She she threw <laughs> she threw uh, John Morrison back in, right. and then fist bumped Ivar. <laughs> well, fair one. I mean, she yeah, all right. She Go was on, just Nikki. there. It was just it was like it, uh, Demo. Uh, what's what's he called? Uh, Killian Dane <laughs> tweeted her because obviously they're married. Like Big Demo. Hen, you got in the wrong. You got in the wrong match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see where this Alexa thing goes. It's yeah, like I say, it's pretty shitty. If you ask me, I don't think it's very good. But yeah, I guess we'll see the identity of Lily I, or how this materializes. I also think uh, Nikki Cross being out of wrestling might be to do with her getting her oh she got uh, she she got an education <laughs> yeah she, she well f- even further education i think she did a master's yeah i think she did a master's or a doctorate or something fair one fair one nikki cross uh, if you're happy doing that then you go ahead um as was previously mentioned R- ricochet stole seamus's clothes um and that sure showed him because he then lost the match um it was apparently a good match though but yeah apparently i guess this is this is the u.s title feud right now is is ricochet stealing seamus's clothes after losing to him the night before and also that very night as well after he stole the clothes so (laughs) great um great and finally it seems asuka and rhea ripley might be having another match for the title um because asuka just beat charlotte on raw so i presume charlotte could be moving on to other things Um, i don't know no, don't be stupid, Jacob. Although they did do the tease at the end of Backlash <laughs> with Ripley kind of staring down Charlotte. So who the hell knows? Did, did... Charlotte is going to be in. Charlotte is either going to be in that title scene or not on TV at all. WWE's writing is very confusing. <laughs> we tease one match on Sunday night, and then you have her get beat by the other challenger. So it looks like the other challenger is going to challenge instead. I don't know. I don't know. Um. But yeah, I didn't watch Raw in case you couldn't tell. Um, I've I've not watched it in weeks. But the points totals for Raw at the end of that show were 43 for Lauren, 67 for Ollie, 73 for myself, and 121 for Joel, um, Kofi Kingston's best boy. Um, Yeah, boy. So top performers of the week, as we kind of mentioned earlier, uh, Dominic Mysterio had 65 points. Bobby Lashley was number four with 70. Rey Mysterio was number three with 83. And joint first and second top performers of the week, Natalia and Tamina. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Beautiful. Which leaves our final standings for the week at 586 for Commander Aziz's Lonely Hearts Club Band and Oliver. Um, 714 points for Lauren and Okada's Red Balloon. 
758 for Commissioner Dickens and his comedy Norks, and 788, a 30-point difference between second and first, with Rhea Ripley's crushing biceps and Joel himself. How the tables Mm. have turned. The tables have turned. I was last all last season. Now look at me. He's taking it seriously this time. Whereas whereas Ollie made his mean picks of Commander Aziz and Adam Pierce, and, and look where that look got where him. Where he is now, um, but yeah, it's it's real close. It's much closer than last time, I would say, and it's still all to play for. Um, we've got Helena Cell as our next pay per view in four weeks' time. Who will take home the Christopher Daniels Memorial Prize? Um, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, that's the grappling beans. Then. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I, yeah. I guess that's a podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.